You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Happy Friday to you. It's the last time we're going to get a chance to talk before the Buffalo Bills take on the Arizona Cardinals looking to get to an 8-2 record before the bye week. Like we do every Friday, we'll start with my leftover thoughts. Then we'll talk to banged up Bills about the injury situation, and it's a good conversation this week. Uh, We talk about the injury report, but we also get into some of the guys that are on the injured reserve list, and we talk about Josh Allen's non-throwing shoulder injury and some of the comments that Matt Hasselbeck had about non-throwing shoulder injuries and how that may have affected Josh Allen's performance after that Raiders game for a few games there. So don't miss that conversation. Then we're going to close out the podcast and the week with my predictions for Sunday and, of course, what I promised, a new little mini segment where I give you some NFL draft prospects to watch on Saturday that I think are good fits for the Buffalo Bills. So let's get into it. I want to start by mentioning in leftover thoughts that the Cardinals – are kind of getting healthy. If you go back to my comprehensive primer that we did on Wednesday that I record on Tuesday, you could see I had a lot of uncertainty about a lot of their players and their availability. Well, as the week moved along, we're getting some clarity, and it's mostly good. So we talked about Devin Kennard, uh, probably their best edge defender. He's been activated off of the COVID list. He looks like he's on track to play, as well as Byron Murphy, one of their key cornerbacks. Uh, he's off the COVID list, and it looks like he's on track to play. So those are two big additions to their defense, in addition to Drake Kirkpatrick, their other starting outside corner. So it looks like Arizona's going to be at full strength when it comes to cornerbacks, obviously Kirkpatrick and Murphy, to go with Patrick Peterson. So they're going to have their normal collection of cornerbacks that they prefer to have on Sunday. So any advantages that we thought could be had based on just guys not being available for Arizona – They look good to go. On the offensive line, J.R. Sweezy, it looks like he's going to be available. Uh, He's an option for them at right guard. Justin Murray is their starter. He's been there, but you think Sweezy's probably the guy they want to play, and Murray has a hand injury, and he hasn't practiced all week. And, of course, that times up very nicely for Arizona that J.R. Sweezy is available. So if you maybe saw Simmons and saw he hasn't practiced all week, well, eh, they get Sweezy back, and that's probably a wash. Kenyon Drake, their starting running back, it looks like he's on track to play on Sunday. There's been a lot of reports about Buda Baker, their superstar player on the defensive side of the football. He's had a groin injury all week, and he hasn't practiced, but Vance Joseph, Arizona's defensive coordinator, says he's optimistic that he's going to be good to go on Sunday. So obviously, like he's the difference maker that they have on defense. I think he's the only real true blue-chip defensive player that they have 
that's a difference maker. And so obviously I'm going through this roller coaster with you following the injury reports throughout the week and wondering if he's going to be available. And on one hand, you say, well, man, you you, you certainly, if you don't have to play Buda Baker, I, I think you pick that. But one thing that did come to mind is knowing that Arizona is in the top five this year for running cover one, right? Man coverage with one high safety, something that Josh Allen is tremendous at exploiting. If they don't have Baker, does that mean they will give you more zone coverage? So it's uh, kind of a blessing and a curse here because I think you would choose not to play against Baker if you don't have to, but maybe that gives you more zone coverage and that's not necessarily where Josh Allen's had the most success this year. So Kind of an interesting situation to monitor there. I think we're going to see Buda Baker on Sunday. Uh, one player that I don't think we're going to see is Jordan Phillips. I was hopeful to see him in a revenge game and see what he was going to be able to bring to the table and see how the Bills dealt with him. But he's had a hamstring injury that limited him last week to 12 snaps, and he's not really practiced this week. So I don't think he's really on track to play on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. The next talking point I want to get to here in our leftover thoughts is actually a question I want to answer that was sent to me by Ben. And Ben said, earlier in the year, you mentioned you would take Joe Burrow over Josh Allen. And I believe you changed that a few weeks ago. What quarterbacks would you trade Allen for straight up? Considering, of course, contract and age, those matter in this conversation. I'll give you Mahomes. You guys are not going to let me forget that over the summer, I picked Joe Burrow over Josh Allen. I don't think that's ever gonna that's never gonna escape me. I have new information. I changed my mind. All right, so let's answer the question based on what we know today. I agree with you. Patrick Mahomes is definitely on the list of, of quarterbacks I would rather have than Josh Allen. Another quarterback that I would rather have than Josh Allen, and I know that this is probably the worst possible time. To say this man's name, especially considering that he's turned over the ball seven times over the last two weeks, and that's Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's a special quarterback, and um, I would rather have him than Josh Allen. That's probably the end of the list. You know, when you think about contract and age, you know, I don't think it's some guys like Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Tom Brady. You're not going to pick those guys over Josh Allen. The one guy that gives me pause is Deshaun Watson from Houston. The guy's obviously not having a good year. That team's not having a good year, but Watson's playing well. Watson's played well. He's a touchdown maker. He's a difference maker. I mean, I think he's close to me saying, yeah, I'd rather have Watson. I'm not not emphatically sure that I agree with that. But I don't know that there's any other guy. I mean, there's a a lot of quarterbacks that I think are close to Josh Allen, in terms of where I perceive them and, and you know would like to have them moving forward as my franchise quarterback. But I can say definitively Mahomes and Wilson, maybe Watson, and then Josh Allen's in this next bucket where you know you can you can split hairs and have your own pre- preferences, but Josh is right there in that mix. So look, we've been waiting a long time for a franchise quarterback, and Josh Allen continues to check boxes and prove himself as the guy for this football team, the guy for this community, and a quarterback that we're all extremely proud of and happy to have on the football team. A couple more things and leftover thoughts. I'm starting to think about the Pro Bowl. What Bills players are going to be named to the Pro Bowl this year? I have a little list here that comes to mind. 
I'd be interested in hearing if you guys think there's anybody that I overlooked that is deserving of consideration. So I think very obviously Josh Allen. Right now, I think he's 100% a Pro Bowl quarterback. Stephon Diggs, absolutely. He leads the league in receptions and yards. He's a Pro Bowl wide receiver. Those are the two that I feel like, yeah, those are locks right now. Now, I go to the rest of the offense. I have two more players that come to mind, and they're both offensive tackles, Deion Dawkins and Daryl Williams. I think they're both playing at a high level, and I don't think that they would both go to the Pro Bowl, but I think one probably deserves to go. I think you can make a case for it being either guy. They've both been outstanding. The Bills have a really good pair of offensive tackles. So, predictively, I don't think I'd predict them both, but I think one should go, and I think that they both have you know, a reasonable chance of, of going. When I go to defense, only one guy... <laughs> Only one guy comes to mind. That's Jordan Poyer. I think Jordan Poyer deserves that. He's having a good year, and the turnovers are picking up. I mean, he means a lot to this defense. He's meant a lot to this defense since he walked in the building in 2017. I think he's got a reasonable chance. And then Andre Roberts as a return guy. I mean, he's been unbelievable you know, as a kick returner and a punt returner. So I think he deserves it. So if you made me guess right now, I would probably put the over-under at three and a half. And I would honestly bet that Allen, Diggs, and Roberts go. And I think you have a good chance at one of those offensive tackles and Poyer. But I'd be interested. Is there somebody I'm missing? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, at Marino. I'd love to know if you think there's another player that I'm overlooking and deserves to be in the Pro Bowl this year. Last thing I'll mention here in Leftover Thoughts is it hit me today. We may, for the first time in 2020, see the Buffalo Bills' best offensive line combination. Mitch Morse is out of the concussion protocol. He's practiced all week. Cody Ford looks like he's going to be ready to go. So you could get left tackle Deion Dawkins, left guard Cody Ford, center Mitch Morse, right guard John Feliciano, and right tackle Darrell Williams. I'd love to see it. Been nine games. You haven't seen your best combination of offensive linemen because someone's been hurt. That could change on Sunday, and I, for one, am very excited for that possibility. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. I'm joined now by Kyle Trimble. He's a doctor of physical therapy, runs banged up bills, and joins us each and every Friday to get us up to speed on Buffalo Bills injuries. And Kyle, this report looks long but good and nothing that seems overly concerning. And so that's why I want to change up the way we talk about this game a little bit and just say, when you see this thing, are there any players that you say, yeah, I don't think they're ready to go for Sunday or are there any players here that you have some nuggets or information that come to mind for you that would be helpful for us in understanding where they are in terms of their injuries? So looking at this list, it is long, like you said, but it is more favorable. There's a lot more full guys. There's a lot more limited guys. The only guy that I know won't play on Sunday is Taiwan Jones, but considering he has a hamstring, that's not surprising. Uh, going from top to bottom, we see that John Feliciano showed up with a back uh, ailment. 
I don't know when that happened on Sunday. He played in all the snaps at center. I, I think that might just be more a soreness getting back into the swing of things. I'm not really concerned with him, especially with Mitch Morse coming back hypothetically on Sunday because the fact that he's now clear of the concussion protocol is a good sign that Feliciano can move back to the guard position. And then if he needs to uh, rep out and uh, trade out with somebody, he can. Uh, going down the list further, Cody Ford has an ankle injury. He's on track to play in on Sunday too because um, I'm sure Wednesday was just letting him rest up, but he's limited. That's usually a good sign on Thursday, so I'm hoping to see either limited on Friday or full. Uh, either or, I think he's going to play considering – it's only an ankle and it's not the knee that he potentially could have re-aggravated. Uh, moving down the list, Micah Hyde was a new addition on the roster, excuse me, on the injury report this week with a ankle injury. I did note that before I came on here that he had suffered ankle injury in week one against the Jets, week three against the Rams. It was his left ankle on video. We don't know which ankle he injured in practice. It could have just been something that he rolled the ankle again, needed some time off in between reps, or it could have been the right ankle. We don't have the exact details, but the guy has played through it again and again. I don't anticipate him missing unless it's something serious like a high ankle or if he really injured the ankle. But we can't speculate anything more until we get more information. So he does have previous ankle injuries from this season. Could have aggravated again. We just don't know at this point. Uh, going down the list more, Josh Norman, he's been limited, but he looks like he's on track to play. Uh, Trey Davis White. I did see on video from Heather Prusak of W I – mean, I can't remember where she's at. She was with WGRZ, I think, Channel 4 now. But he was jumping up uh, and catching balls. He was definitely landing more on his right ankle. He did injure the left ankle. But the fact he's jumping and landing like that is usually a good sign he's going to play. And he even told a lot of the reporters on Zoom call today that he'll play. Um, it looked like a medial eversion sprain. He should be good to go. That's a pretty – difficult ligament to really hurt where he can't go. So that's pretty much it for the injury report. Everybody else looks pretty good, uh, barring any surprises. So we all know next week for the Bills is a bye week, and we always think about bye weeks, and we think about self-scouting. We also think about getting healthy. And the Bills look to be in pretty good shape, but there's also some Buffalo Bills that are on the injured reserve list or even the pup list that I think it's probably time to revisit and talk about whether or not you think there's a chance that they could be healthy and come back and help the football team over the final stretch of the season. And so when you look at Isaiah Hodgins, Tyrell Dotson, Cameron Lewis, even Tommy Sweeney, and then, of course, Matt Milano, clarify him and when he's eligible to come back. But any of these other names where you, where you start to get the impression that should there be a roster spot, the Bills would be at a point where they're healthy enough where they could call them back onto the active roster and make contributions to the team. So going at uh, Dodson, he had suffered the hamstring injury back in the char or Chiefs game, and then he went on IR shortly thereafter. So if I have my math correct, he should be eligible to come back off of this after, um, technically this week, and should be able to come back and play. Considering where they're at roster-wise, I don't anticipate them bringing him back unless they have somebody to switch him out with there. Um, the linebacker core has been beat up, but you would have to somebody move somebody IR bring Dotson back so I can see them saying hey let's just keep you on IR for another uh two weeks or activate the window after this Cardinals game and then see what happens if they can bring him back in any capacity I anticipate they do it's just you gotta make a roster move to correspond for that Isaiah Hodgins he's been on IR all year 
I just think he's going to sit on there. I don't see a need to bring him back unless there's an injury that they can elevate him up. But they have practice squad guys like Duke Williams that would probably want to bring up before him. Uh, Cam Lewis, I still don't quite know what he's dealing with. Considering he had the club on hand, he could be dealing with a fracture in the hand. He just needs time to heal up. Uh, I believe he is also uh, pretty close to being eligible to come back. If it's not after this game, it's after the bye week. Um, he, he went on. He played the one game against uh, the Chiefs where he got injured and then played the next week thereafter and then went on IR. So I believe based off of that, he should be eligible to come back off of the IR after um, – he should be now or, or after the Cardinals game. Uh, as for Matt Milano – uh, there were some clarification issues whether he would be able to come back after the bye or not. Per Sal Capaccio and ESPN, it was three games you have to sit out, not three weeks. So I originally thought that he could come back after the bye and play in the Chargers game, but it has to be three games. So Matt Milano gets a month off of football to really heal up that pectoral muscle. And, yeah, he has to miss the Chargers game, but are we really missing a whole lot with the Chargers game? They're not a very good football team this year. And we've been doing pretty good, especially with how A.J. Klein, Klein did this week without him. So Matt Milano will be eligible to come back against the 49ers. Obviously, he'll be coming back because he's a vital part of the defense. And then the other guy that's been sitting out there we're waiting on is Tommy Sweeney. The, the tight end group hasn't been really all that productive this year. They just kind of – they're there. So they've had, what, I think maybe one or two touchdowns, Reggie Gilliam and then uh, Lee, Lee Smith, I believe, this year. So it's been very minimal production. So Tommy Sweeney come back. Looking back now, it looks like he was dealing with a stress fracture back in the summertime. It's interesting that they haven't even activated him off the pup list to try to see what was happening with him. They have, a, I believe, a five-week window they can work with him um, for the pup list, and then they have the 21-day window to practice within that there. So the fact they haven't made any moves, I don't know whether the injury is more serious that they say, let's keep him on there, break glasses in case of emergency, or whether it's – Maybe he had setbacks, and they just say, we're going to keep you on pop all year. I don't really know a whole lot, and they've been really mum about that. The only thing we've heard about him is he's gotten COVID or was on the COVID list and has since been cleared. So the only ones I see coming back anytime soon are Dodson and Milano with the possibility of Cam Lewis if uh, roster spots do open with the only one for sure being Milano, and they'll probably cut somebody or send somebody to IR at that point after that. Hopefully, Matt Milano just spends all of his time studying Kyle Shanahan's offense. Uh, obviously, the 49ers are – look, they're not a great team this year, but they're a juggernaut offensively. And so I'm thinking about George Kittle, those really dynamic running backs and how they get him going in the wide zone and all the screen game. Milano's going to be key for that game. So, young man, just focus on the 49ers. We'll see you then. Kyle, the last thing I wanted to get into with you is this article that Vic Carucci wrote for the Buffalo News. And he talked about some comments that Matt Hasselbeck, former NFL quarterback, had about Josh Allen and his left shoulder and how his dip in play really did coincide with that injury against the Raiders. And he's further removed from that, and he's healthy. And obviously, Josh Allen torched the Seattle Seahawks. And so I was curious if you had a chance to read that and any comments you might have had about that shoulder injury, what Matt Hasselbeck said, and maybe how that could have impacted, you know, Josh Allen's performance for that stretch of games. So I did get to read most of Vic's article, and if he is somehow listening, Vic, great job, uh, as always. I did get to see what the comments that Hasselbeck had uh, said, too, uh, that he had suffered the injury, that he goes through the bull, if we recall correctly, 
he loses a lot of control with it, especially with some of the deeper balls. The ball just wanted to go higher, if I recall correctly. So he just didn't have the ability to follow through. And I did see that, especially after the first games of the Titans game, the Chiefs game. He keep his left arm a lot closer to his body. Um, Hasselbeck went into going saying that he had torn his labrum and separated his shoulder. It's hypothetical that he could have had both injuries at the same time or at different points, but it wasn't clarified which injury he was talking about in relation to the how it was affecting Josh Allen. So I personally still think that Allen's still dealing with some type of a rotator tear cuff labral tear that he's playing through. And we've seen the bracing change. We've seen the kinesio tape that's underneath his uh, shirt uh, under the pads. Uh, I'm sure as he's getting better, he's getting the strength back. As somebody who's personally torn their labrum, I know what that feels like. You just Your arm feels weak. You just... You get it to about 90 degrees, which is about horizontal um, to your chest level. And then up over top, it just feels weak. You can still do it. You just don't have the ability to really do it with power. So if you think about the throwing motion, you're, it's a whole body motion to throw. It's not just you're throwing with the arm. You lose a lot of uh, oomph, if you will, just trying to throw with your right arm or left arm, what have you, instead of trying to get your legs into it, your trunk, and you use the arm to really – uh, throw your trunk around and follow through there. So those first few games, if you go back, you see his arm just really t- tucked in closely. He's using more of that famous arm strength he has and try to whip the ball. But then if you don't have that follow through, you're going to lose a lot of control, especially with accuracy later on. I mean, he was doing a lot more intermediate throws, which were okay, but we saw that the deep ball wasn't as accurate. And you can see where he just started working on rehabbing, whatever is going on there that he was able to, regain some of that control, especially up overhead. So when he really put that arm through and that horizontal abduction and really was whipping around, you could see it come back, especially in the Seattle game. And he also had less bracing on there too, which I'm sure lessened the amount of restriction on the shoulder. Uh, this is something that I want to dig into more, especially on the bye. I've been just kind of looking at things and different quarterbacks who have had the different injuries, how they've been impacted. So I'm going to try to get something out there for you guys, but, there's definitely something to what Hasselback was saying comparative to um, his performance there. I'm sure as we get going on, we'll see more later in the season, in the offseason, what was really going on. But there's definitely a correlation between what Hasselback said, how Josh performed in those games after the shoulder injury, and what he's doing now. He's Kyle Trimble, Dr. Physical Therapy. You can follow him on Twitter, at BangedUpBills, providing us that expert injury analysis on the Buffalo Bills. Kyle, as always, thank you. Thank you, Joe. All right, folks, let's close this thing out with my NFL draft prospects to watch this weekend and then my predictions. I still can't believe it's been how many weeks have I done this podcast? All of last year during the season were nine weeks into this season, about to be the 10th week, and I've never thought to myself, you know what would be a good idea on Friday? Talk about a couple of NFL draft prospects that have good scouting showcases that I think fit the Buffalo Bills that Bills fans should keep an eye on. I'm kind of disappointed in myself that this just now became a thing. I hope you enjoyed this. So I have three players for you that have good matchups for you to watch. And I tried to pick a different player for each time slot. So there's like the 12 o'clock slate, the 3 o'clock slate, and then the 7, 8 o'clock slate. So got one player that I think fit the bills that you should watch on Saturday. First one is at noon. Christian Darasaw, offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. He plays against the Miami Hurricanes at noon on ESPN. Darisaw has 
been terrific this year. He's long, athletic. He has great mobility. He's physical. He gets out in space and makes blocks. He has the speed to move laterally and shut down speed, and he can create movement in the run game. He's long. He's big. I mean, he's he's the he's. I said this the other day on this podcast. I think in a lot of ways he reminds me of Deion Dawkins. Um, I think he'd be a really good option if the Bills weren't able to bring back Daryl Williams to look at him in the late first round. And what's exciting about this matchup against Miami is that they have two exceptional pass rushers. Jalen Phillips, a former five-star recruit, he's really coming on this year for Miami. And then they have another guy, Quincy Roche, who's not a very big rusher. He's probably about 240 pounds, but from a technical perspective, from a speed perspective, he brings a lot to the table. And I love his vision, and I think that he could present some real challenges for Darisaw. So I think if you want to see a good showcase for Darisaw, who's having a great year, who I think is in the first-round conversation that fits what the Bills are looking for and is playing a matchup where you can really get a feel for the type of player he is, check him out. Virginia Tech offensive tackle, Christian Darisaw. He plays left tackle for them, 12 o'clock Eastern time on ESPN. At 3.30, the player you should watch is linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, He plays for Notre Dame. They're going up against Boston College, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on ABC. You know, look, I I don't know what the Bills are going to do with Matt Milano. There's a case to be made for keeping him. There's a case to be made for him being a player you let walk. If you let him walk, you got to replace him. Owusu Koromoa is extremely rangy, really good lateral mobility, really good in coverage. He lines up over tight ends. He lines up and takes care of running backs in, in coverage. He's really physical and has a quick trigger downhill. I mean, he checks all the boxes you're looking for in a weak side linebacker in a 4-3 defense. A little bit undersized, but I think that's okay. He's going up against Boston College, and I think this is a great showcase because Boston College has, I, I think they have four future NFL offensive linemen. Really good group. And, you know, we know Boston College likes to run the football, and they've got a good back there in David Bailey. So, I think it'll be a good test for him to go up against some guys that can get to the second level, see how he beats blocks, see how he he finds windows and, and, and closes windows and makes plays. And then, I mean, Boston College has got a good tight end and Hunter Long that he should have some one-on-one chances to cover. So I think when you think about a player that you're looking for in the Matt Milano role, you're going to see him do the things Matt Milano does against Boston College, against future NFL players. So check out Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo, linebacker, Notre Dame, 330. ABC against Boston College. Last guy I'll tell you is J.C. Horn, cornerback, South Carolina. Yes, he's the son of Joe Horn, former NFL wide receiver with the Saints. He's going up against Ole Miss at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on the SEC Network. I think J.C. Horn is having an unbelievable season. He's been shutting down some really, really good wide receivers. I studied him over the summer, and I think he's taken a big step forward with his coverage instincts, his ball skills have been really good. And just like the demeanor that he plays the game with in terms of coverage, I think it's really, really good. Now, where I think I have questions about J.C. Horn is him in run support, him defending the D-gap for you, him playing off contact and being physical as a tackler. Ole Miss is going to give him some really good looks, right? Because Ole Miss is a really explosive offense both in the pass game and the run game. They're averaging 302 passing yards per game, 231 rushing yards per game. So not only are you going to get a chance to see J.C. Horn cover SEC wide receivers, you're going to see him have to make tackles in the run game. 
good opportunity for him to answer some of those questions and for him to solidify himself as a as a first round pick. So check him out. If you want to watch college football, scouting for the Bills, these players fit what the Bills are looking for and they have good showcases to highlight what they do and what they'll need to do for the Bills if they really are options. So hopefully you enjoyed that conversation. Prediction time, folks. I got five of them for you regarding the Bills and Cardinals on Sunday. Number one, Cole Beasley is the Bills' leading receiver on Sunday. Yep, I said it. Stephon Diggs leads the league in receiving. John Brown is coming off a 99-yard performance. He's finally healthy, but I think the guy to look for is Cole Beasley. You're going to see some blitzes in this game from Arizona. They're, they're top five in the NFL in blitz frequency. They don't have guys that are just going to win 1v1 against the Bills' offensive linemen. They're going to have to send pressure. And honestly, back to what I said in segment one about the Bills having their preferred offensive line for the first time all year, it still is the first time all year, right, that you would want to test out the communication. I would. So I think because of that, you're going to see a lot of hot routes and you'll see a lot of Josh wanting to be in rhythm. And I think that means a lot of targets for Cole Beasley, and I think he has the most receiving yards of any Bills receiver on Sunday. Number two, I think the Bills rush for 125 yards on Sunday. That is 25 more than their season average. You know, I think that the Cardinals' defense, I think there's some opportunities to be had running the football against these guys. Um, You know, they're averaging, I think, allowing 4.8 yards per carry. I think that's eighth worst in the NFL. I think you still have to find yourself as a run game. And, uh, you know, if you're going to win games late in the season, it's still part of what matters, right? You still got to throw it. I think you pass to win. Throwing matters. It's a quarterback-driven league. But late in the season, it's it's about being able to run the football a little bit. And I think the Bills have to find opportunities to really work on that. So I think they will. I think they'll find success against Arizona running it. So give me the Bills for 125 yards rushing. That is 25 more than their season average. Number three, I have the Bills scoring more than the 22.5 points per game that Arizona is currently allowing this season. I I would be disappointed if that's all Buffalo is able to get. Arizona gives up a lot of yards. They give up a lot of yards after catch. They're not great stopping the run. Where they're good is in the red zone. Well, where the Bills' offense is good is in the red zone. The Bills will score touchdowns. I think the Bills will be... I don't want to say decisively. They'll, they'll be they'll be above 22.5 points for Sunday in my view. Number four, here's a weird one for you. I've never predicted this, I don't think. I predict that the Cardinals will miss a field goal against the Bills. Why? Is that a hot take? Well, because kickers aren't missing field goals against the Bills this year. So far, opposing kickers are 14 of 15 in their field goal attempts against the Bills this year. Now, I know this is an indoor game. So that certainly favors field goal kickers. But Zane Gonzalez is coming off. Zane Gonzalez is the Cardinals kicker. He's coming off a 49-yard attempt against Miami that he could have tied the game. He left it short indoors. You know, Zane Gonzalez isn't a high-level kicker, and you know he's less than 80% for his career, so he's not like a great kicker. But, you know, I don't think he bounces back in this game and goes perfect, and I think we finally see another miss, or hopefully two, against the Bills. This season, there's only been one in 15 attempts missed against the Bills this year kicking field goals. Now for the one I'm, I'm sure you guys have been waiting to hear. Did the Bills win on Sunday? I So first of all, before I give you my honest prediction, the bye week, the game before the bye week, 
you always want to win that, right? Because then you got to live with that loss for like two weeks. And I don't need that. I mean, I don't want that. I don't want to deal with that as the host of this podcast. You know, just the last taste in our mouth is is a loss at Arizona. So, look, I for like before I even tell you my predictions, I'm super hopeful that we get a win and we can feel really good about an eight and two football team for two weeks before they host the car, the Chargers coming out of the bye. Now for my prediction, do I think the Bills win or lose on Sunday? You know, it's funny. This game started off. The Bills were two and a half point road underdogs on Sunday, two and a half. They, they gave the bills points. The Cardinals were favored to win this game when the betting odds first came out. And let me just tell you, I jumped on that, put a little cash down on the Buffalo bills. I'm going to tell you right now that I think they're going to win this game. It's my prediction that they win. I think um, defensively, this is a good matchup for Josh Allen and the bills, both running and throwing it. I think defensively for the bills against Kyler Murray, um, I think about some of the success that Sean McDermott's had scheming up game plans against guys like Lamar Jackson last year, scheming up against Russell Wilson this year. The defense is playing better collectively. The Bills are going to have their top three corners for the first time all year in Trey White, Josh Norman, and Levi Wallace. I think that they're they're playing they're playing their best football at the right time. And I respect Arizona's offense a ton. You've heard me talk about All the challenges of Kyler Murray, obviously a real difference maker in DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver. But I feel comfortable in Sean McDermott scheming up what he needs to do to stop Kyler Murray enough, right? He's going to make his plays. We we know that. To do enough to limit the scoring for Arizona, the Bills will be, I think they'll be able to score enough points and they'll win this game. And I do think these are the types of moments where I always go back to like believing in the leadership of Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott knows where this team is, right? I mean, they're seven and two. They they've won three in a row, and they have this bye week. And I feel like McDermott's the type of leader that I trust to make sure that this team is focused on the road before a little bit of time off. And you know, look, I I just feel like you'll get the Bills' best effort because just like we don't want to have to deal with the sting of a loss for this long, for two weeks or whatever. Neither does Sean McDermott or these football players. So give me a Bills dub on Sunday. And with that said, I'm looking forward to a Victory Monday coming up real soon. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast this week, sticking with me. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, If for some reason you haven't hit subscribe yet, please do so. I invite you to do that. If you like what's happening here, tell a friend, share it on social media. Would love a five-star rating and a couple sentences in the review column. Hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope you enjoy football. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.